0: One, two, three, four. Give me space and time You give me peace And I will tell you the truth about me I'm on the borderline of frustration Try to solve it like an equation Your people make me sick truth about it. Why would you lie
1: about it? What else could it mean? You told a lie to me. Hello and welcome back to this and SPFL podcast and today I'm joined by a very special guest, Ian Crocker. How are you, mate? I'm good. How are you? I'm good, thank you. So uh, yeah, you're probably most well known for being probably the main commentator for SBFL games and also the national team games. But you have obviously commentated at the World Cup and stuff as well. So let's just start off at the beginning. So obviously, were you from a small town called, is it Sutton Point?
0: Yeah, well said. Yeah, yeah. a sleepy little village in Dorset uh, in Weymouth, a little seaside resort down there, far cry <laughs> from Scotland. Yeah, it was... um it was good. Uh, started uh, following football with the local non-league team, Weymouth, down there. And, um, yeah, fairly quiet place, but
1: uh, it, was, uh, it was not bad for starters in life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, obviously, you said that you were following football at a young age. Just wondering, was there any aspirations to become a footballer or anything? There was a bit, like
0: all boys, I think, but uh, I scored a screamer on the school playground once, but that was as good as it got, really. Uh, it was never good enough to make the school teams or anything like that, so I uh, thought about doing what uh, I considered to be the next best thing and commentating on it instead.
1: Mm-hmm. So, yeah, um, what really got you into commentating? There was uh, anyone that you admired for it?
0: Well, uh, back in the day, there was uh, there was what is now Radio 5 was sport uh sport on two radio two back in the day and they had some really good commentators on there peter jones probably long before your time brian butler some great voices um and i used to take my little transistor radio along to watch weymouth play their non-league matches and listen to reports and commentaries and that's what fueled the interest really i was only like about eight or nine years old never thought i'd actually be doing it one day but uh it was uh a boyhood dream uh, at that time and thankfully it came true.
1: Yeah, so my in your first really piece of commentary was with Capital Gold, so that was a sort of radio, but then you first commentated on most of it was Assendale and Birmingham games for BRMB radio, so yeah, what was that like?
0: Yeah, well, I got a job at West Ham when I was in London and uh, oh. doing the actual Tannoy uh, match day announcer, which is great oh, yeah. fun because they were yeah. my they were my team, yeah. uh, my other team apart from Weymouth. And uh, so, yeah, I won a competition on local radio to do that. I was only 21 at the time. And oh. through, through that, met the guys from Capital Radio, like Jonathan Pierce, who's on Match of the Day now. He was uh, mm. He was the main man. And then Capital Radio took over BRMB in Birmingham, so decided to move up there. And it was uh, the middle of the 1990s with big Ron Atkinson and Barry Fry in charge of Aston Villa and Birmingham. Great football, patch, a bit like Glasgow in many ways and, and other parts of Scotland. Mm-hmm. Proper football fans in that area. And it was uh, a really good area in which to uh, work in. So I've been gradually working my way up the country from uh, Dorset to London to Birmingham to Scotland. You know,
1: Yeah. So obviously, while you were commentating for BRMB, you also did the few occasional commentaries
0: for is it Sky B yeah yeah for Sky back then um, started off doing a bit of Bundesliga back in 1992 and then the opportunity to do the SPL as it was then came along in 1998 I actually did a a game in 95 for Grampian Television the Aberdeen Dunfermline playoff Um, so that was my first ever Scottish game but yeah. Um, then the SBL from 1998, uh, and uh, yeah, it's uh, still hanging on in there for now,
1: 22 years on. Yeah. So I'll just try to get into that now quickly. So obviously you'd commentated in English football for a bit, and then also Scottish football as well. Do you there is a difference in the way they play the game, and also does that like make it difficult to commentate, or is it different really?
0: Not really. I don't think you can, uh, you can compare the English to the Scottish that much oh. because obviously the money of the Premier League is, is totally different. All I would say is, you know, you get bad games in any league. <laughs> I've seen <laughs> a few in the Premier League and I've seen a few in Scotland, but you also get a lot of good games. And I prefer to, to focus on the Scottish because I think the reason we all like watching it is because it's from the heart, not just for oh. fans, but for players as well. Um, everyone's passionate about the game. Um, there's a, there's a really good uh, really good feeling and passion for football in Scotland, which I, which I like. And I like the fact that the players just give it their absolute all. And, uh, you know, we get some, uh, some really good games. I, I've enjoyed doing it over the years and hopefully will continue mm-hmm. to do so.
1: Yeah, so obviously I think I might be mistaken, but in 2002, the Sky Not was the right for the SBFL. Yeah, we did. These things happen now and
0: again. Uh, so it has been on and off, but mostly on for me. But yeah, the TV uh, rights business can be a bit brutal. Some <laughs> you win, some you lose. Um, so I ended up doing a bit of uh, the championship in England then, which included all the <laughs> playoff finals. And that was that was good fun as well. But we were still doing the national team and the uh, Scottish Cup back then. So yeah. we still retained, uh, retained a fair bit and, um, you know... Uh,
1: and yeah, it was uh, there was still a lot yeah. going on. Yeah. So then obviously you weren't really like commentating. Obviously what I've got here is it was like the big four: so Martin Tyler, Rob Hawthorne, Alan Paddy, and Ian Dark. You were sort of behind them, which is unfortunate. Then <laughs> you decided to leave Sky. Yeah. Sent in the sports was it? difficult to do that really because I'm guessing it was at
0: the job. time yeah but yeah I mean those four guys are pretty good at what they do and uh yeah well, so I, I got offered a decent gig by Satanta to do the Scottish and a bit of Premier League and uh mm-hmm. you know you we all make decisions that you think are right at the time it, it was a tricky one though um but I just thought I would have a, a chance to to do a bit more Premier League as as well as the Scottish so to me it was kind of mm-hmm. a perfect mix. Um, of course, then to went bust and that was that. These things happen. You know, in hindsight, you could say you could say anything really in hindsight, but at the time, it seemed like a good idea to me. So uh, um, you can't, I don't think you could have any, any regrets, but um, thankfully I was able to sneak back into Sky after all of that.
1: Yeah. So, um, yeah, a couple of years later, you did actually return to Sky. And then you also commentated in a couple of games for the Champions League for S T V as well. Just so yeah, Champions League, most likely the biggest competition in the world. So what was that like?
0: Yeah, that was good. I mean, we'd done a fair bit of Champions League first time around when I was at, at Sky and uh oh, you know yeah, some Yeah, some great trips and uh some great games with, with Celtic and Rangers and um <laughs> uh no, those were good times. And yeah, we we I uh, did a bit for uh, for STV as well. I mean, yeah, great competition to to be in and um, hopefully, well, Celtic and Rangers have all these million qualifiers to get through at the moment. I know that's going to change soon, which yeah. can only be for the better, because I honestly think UEFA would just love having Celtic and Rangers in their big competitions all the time, and uh, thankfully they're both in the Europa League now, but hopefully
1: can set the, uh, the sight higher. Yeah. So, um, yeah. You've also commented in the Champions League and then, a really big football competition as the World Cup as well, so you travelled South Africa in 2010. I think you commented on a couple of games. It was one, not Portugal, 7-0 win over North Korea, so yeah. Yeah, it was. was
0: that, like, um, yeah, I actually had some uh, some good games that I did there and it was mm. uh, an incredible experience, mostly based in Johannesburg, which was a little bit scary at times, um, yeah. but but full of character. Uh, but yeah, I remember Portugal beating North Korea because um, they really they really turned it on that day and were absolutely unplayable. Um, and yeah, big score. And I'm um, trying to cast my mind back to some of the other games I did, but there were a couple of high scoring ones. It was uh, it was good to try something different working for ITV over there. And um, yeah, we don't get to do um, or oh, I don't get to do many major tournaments. Um, so that was a good experience. I went mm-hmm. to the USA World Cup in 1994 as well for Capital Radio, which was fabulous. And I did yeah. cover a bit of Euro 96 right. also for Capital and, and was on the Scotland beat. So saw their games mm-hmm. when they uh, should have made it through the group stage, but could only beat Switzerland 1-0 when it should have been about 5 or 6, I think. Yeah.
1: And then also just a quick so obviously. Commentating in the World Cup, say you no. Know, we normally like bring out the best of the best there. So like, how did that make you feel? Do you know that you've really, you've done what you set out to do, really? And just yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, um, you know, it was. Uh, I think it was only a sort of bit part player for them, uh, clearing up some of the highlights. But yeah, <laughs> it's uh, it's good to do a major tournament. Um, uh, you know, there's a real there's a real buzz about it, and um, you know everyone was over there in South Africa on site, so. It was good camaraderie going on, and, um, yeah, I really, I really enjoyed it. But, um, you know, having said that, you know, to me, the, probably the sort of league stuff, to me, and the cup competitions, the domestic side of things, yes. is probably what, I overall, I would prefer.
1: Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I've just got a couple of questions here. So, um, what's your, your business for? How do you prefer, prepare for a game?
0: Well, it varies on the game. Um, Um, I normally spend about a day doing prep for it. I'd have information on Mm. every player, um, about 30, 40 general lines about the game all written down Mm. in front of me and all the player information on two grid type things. And depending on who you're doing, if you haven't seen them for a bit, you might watch a recording of, uh, Mm. for example, I'm going to have to watch uh, Slovakia against the Republic of Ireland tomorrow ahead of doing Slovakia on Sunday. Uh to get a bit of a get up to speed with some of their players i can't say i'm particularly looking forward to watching a nil-nil draw but hey already had one of them this week i'm sure i can cope with another but um yeah so if you haven't done a a team for a long time or or ever indeed as has happened before Mm. you would uh you would watch as much as you can and and back in the day a lot of the time when i did the championship in england where there was a lot of teams to cover and when i started doing the scottish you'd go around their training grounds and just uh have a coffee with a manager and Suss a oh. few of the players, just anything you can do to get a heads up really. And um, so yeah, there's a fair bit of prep involved. People think sometimes you just turn up at the game and talk for 90 minutes, but there's actually uh, mm. quite a lot that, that goes into yeah. it.
1: So obviously I just wanted to ask you quickly. Sometimes you can see like commentators who bring out the most weird stats that you're you're shocked that they found them really. Just and you've also you've done that a couple of times as well, just how is it you really get your facts and stuff? Is it off Wikipedia? Is it asking the players and stuff or is it just
0: Yeah, a lot knowledge? of the... Um, uh, we 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 a have a full department doing stats at Sky. They a really? a stat pack for every single game. Um, oh. but obviously the volume of games obviously the of and the amount of games and I that you have the of a that of my own information as a well that I of <laughs> a uh, refer to of well that and sometimes you keep you up with the odd gem here or you And also talking to players... here or there, and also talking to players. Or, mm. as I said, when you used to go to training grounds um, and have a chat, you'd, you'd find out little nuggets of information. But I always say if a, if a game's good, although, although I have about 30-odd stats that I could use, I am I aware that becoming a bit too statty would sound a bit sad and boring for people watching. <laughs> yeah. But and, and I always say if the game's good, you don't really have to use any because you can just mm. focus on the football that you're watching in front of you. The old Firm, for example, you know, is, is nonstop frantic. 90 minutes, uh, so unless it's a really good stat, I don't get many in on, on those days, but I did Norway, nil, Azerbaijan, nil once, and obviously nothing happened for 90 minutes, so in that game I was throwing stuff in left, right and centre to yeah. try and bail me out, so every game is different, but yeah, it's always good when you do find a good bit of information that hopefully is something new.
1: Oh. Yeah, you've, I was just going to ask, ask you a question there, but you've sort of already answered it, just like what sort of, um, Games you do you prefer, like a high-scoring one where you don't really need to talk much, or I know now where you can yeah, like talk your stats and stuff. So um, yeah,
0: no, definitely prefer goals galore. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Motherwell six, Hib six was a lucky one for me to do. Um yeah. there's actually the I've actually done another game on the radio that had twelve goals in it, which was an FA Cup replay when Morsel beat Torquay oh, right? eight oh. four. But obviously, the circumstances of Motherwell here has made it a bit different from six two. Hmm. 6-2 down to 6-6 and a missed penalty and all that. No, those are the games. Listen, if I, if I get for a game without having to use any missed stats, however, however good they might be, uh, I'll be quite happy because you can't beat a goal rush. Although, you know, sometimes you're, you're, you're hoping that you just call everything right and get everything right in a game like that where there's so much going on. But, you know, we rolled up to Fair Park that night, probably not expecting anything great, and we ended up with a 6-6. So it taught me a oh. lesson that you can never judge any game. You never know what's coming.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've just got a, another one here. So obviously, during the ninety-minute show, you're basically always in the spot. So it's part of an obvious question. But do you think you ever muck up, and um, has it ever been like obvious? Do you think? It's just, yep. You mean really? Yeah.
0: It was very obvious once on the radio when I was working in Birmingham, and uh, uh, Birmingham had a player called Jonathan Hunt, and, mm-hmm. uh, oh, and we were. Yeah, you probably guess what's coming actually. of sleep anyway, yes. <laughs> uh, I'll be careful how I say it, and hopefully not say how I did then. But um, <laughs> so you're working on the radio, you have constantly got a producer in your headphones, is giving you latest scores from other grounds, and for some reason, uh, he fed me a score, and it just for some reason it threw me, which is unusual. But I ended up, I was trying to say Jonathan Hunt cuts inside, and it came out horribly wrong, and. Uh, <laughs> Sadly, afterwards for about two minutes, we couldn't stop laughing in the commentary, which wasn't very professional either. But yeah, Yeah. that was uh, definitely a one-off. There's been a few over the years where you think a goal has been scored, it's been ruled out and you don't notice for ages. Or the worst crime of all is getting a goal scorer wrong, which thankfully doesn't happen that often, but did happen Mm. once or twice. Um, uh, Where you just think it was somebody else. And these things, I mean, Mm. the worst. are when corners come in and about six heads go up for it, and you're trying to figure out who's uh, who scored it or yeah. something like that. So, yeah, it can happen. But um yeah, hopefully we've kept the mistakes down to a minimum over the yeah. years.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah. Just um, what's been the highlight of your college career, really? Because you've had a few iconic lines, really, right? But is there a particular favourite, or just something well, I, you'll never forget? I'd...
0: We pick out one game that, you know, I mean, obviously Motherwell 6, him 6, we'll probably yeah. never see the like again. And just the way the whole evening mapped oh. out. and done nearly 60 old firms, all of which I found quite engrossing. There yeah. was a 6-2 game that Celtic won uh, in 2000 when Henrik Larsson scored his sensational chip. And then mm. there was the 2002 Cup final between the two when Rangers scored a injury time winner. Um, funnily enough, There was an Edinburgh derby that was 6-2 not long after the Glasgow version Mm -hmm. that ended 6-2. And then there was Hibbs winning the Scottish Cup, which when they, you know, they hadn't done it for 114 years. So as a commentator with apologies to Rangers, you kind of want it to happen on Mm. on your beat. And it did in 2016. And uh, yeah, yeah, those are the ones that you've got to hopefully capture the moment uh for for fans and everything especially when they've been when they've been waiting so long so it's hard to pick out one game because I've been lucky enough <laughs> to uh do quite a few.
1: Yeah. Um just uh what's the best game you've watched really in the flesh? I think you've already answered this one and said Mov Roll six or have six or is there any other one? Yeah I
0: mean uh I suppose you'd have to go for that because of the amount of goals. Yeah. As I say he was winning the Scottish Cup uh, was was such a unique occasion, I and mean, in the dramatic way that they they did it. And I think there was three Scottish Cup finals running, where there was a late goal at that end of the of Hampden Park as well, uh, which was uh, which was weird. But um, yeah, hard to to single one out. Um, uh, I, you know, I, I was lucky enough when I was supporting Weymouth and West Ham as a kid mm-hmm. to to watch games, uh, big games uh, for both of them at their level like West Ham won two FA Cups and Weymouth had a good run to the third round of the FA Cup one year. So I kind of go back to that as a fan because um, when you're watching the games, you're, you're so concentrated on uh, on doing what you're doing that uh, it does take a little bit of the fan away from you, uh, but it doesn't make them any more enjoyable. Mm. But you, you just hope that you call these games right and hopefully you, you capture it.
1: You've commentated in most of the Scottish games for the past few years, really. Um, just yeah, what is the progression been like? And um, do you think we can qualify this team out? Obviously, you you were the commentator last night for the penalty win against Israel. So uh, yeah.
0: Well, Scotland never do it the easy way. That's for sure. Um, funny enough, I started commentating on Scotland in nineteen ninety eight as well. Which and of course, I've last that's time. the span where they haven't qualified for a major tournament <laughs> twenty two years. Nothing to do with me, honest. But I'd love to see them get there. I've become a Scotland fan and. Uh, Mm. I think this group of players are—they're a good bunch, and I think they're—I think they're good enough. And these, I mean, last night, listen, for 120 minutes, it was painful to watch and to yeah. commentate on. Um, but at the end of the day, the players held their nerve in the penalty shootout. They've got one game to decide mm. matters. It's not going to be easy. It never is It's Serbia. But um, I just hope they do it. We're fed up with nearly but not quite stories, and and you know uh, there's just been too many of them and, and i th- honestly thought when israel had a chance right at the end of extra time oh no it's going to happen again but it was just out of the reach yeah. of Weissman there number 9 had he got anything on that i think it would have gone in the net and normally that is the way it happens to scotland isn't it so uh, wow. i just don't you, know, you just never know in a one off and i think there'll be there'll be a few players back obviously for that game as well you know hmm. it, it was a you know it, it wasn't the best preparation for last night for, i know israel had the same scenario with covid concerns and all that yeah. but, but Scotland were missing some key players it wasn't pretty nobody's really going to pretend that uh, but if you actually look at all the other games that were played last night playoff wise mm. as well you know the I mean the Northern Ireland went to penalties Republic of Ireland went to penalties I don't think you're going to get thrown in games because the stakes are so high you could see an extra time last night neither team just wanted to lose it on a mistake or yeah. anything in extra time and sure it was a bit of an endurance test for us all to sit through 120 Um, but the penalty shootout turned out in Scotland's favour and, uh, you know, I'm sure a lot of people were thinking that it wouldn't, but it did. Mm -hmm. David Marshall did his bit. All of the players did their bit and, of course, they were without Ryan Christie who took the penalties in the two games uh, last month. So, uh, it all worked out and it's on to Serbia. Who knows? Maybe this is... Maybe the time has come. We can, but hope.
1: It would be mental, Edwards. Obviously, yeah, I've never really seen Scotland at a major competition, so that, that would be massive. Uh, yeah, Another one I've got here is um, you've obviously commentated in quite a lot of leagues and competitions, some of the best around. But is there any that you haven't really commentated that you would like to have a go at? So any leagues or competitions?
0: I um, don't know, because I've done a bit of the Spanish, which is always a, a good watch with Barca and Real Madrid. Um, yeah. A bit of the German. I do like the Bundesliga. I think it's a, I mean, a cracking league. Mental. And, uh, you know, again, a very when fans are allowed in the stadium, are very uh full of passionate arenas in Germany and proper good football as well. So, uh, I can't think of any that i uh, anything that I haven't done, um, because I've been really fortunate enough to do cup finals galore in Scotland and old firm games galore and Scotland yeah. games galore. So, uh, no, uh, there's no there's no box left to be uh ticked, I don't
1: think, yeah. Yeah, you have done a fair bit, to be fair. Um, just, you talked about it just a bit there. And obviously, fans not being in, and in, obviously the world's been turned upside down really for everyone, just say. What's that been like going in on a Saturday to go and commentate like without any fans?
0: Utterly bizarre. We say to myself, not to say that, can you imagine what it'd be like with fans in here, but you find yourself saying it. Mm-hmm. At every game. I mean, the first one I did was at Newcastle back in June when the Premier League restarted, and oh. uh, to me, that was uh, that was that was right up there in, the, in when it comes to strange experiences because of the nature of the stadium and the city. Yeah, similarish to some of the Scottish cities where it's all about football. Um, to be sitting there and without fifty thousand screaming Geordies, well. It was just one of the strangest things. And it's been a similar Mm. story at every gram we've been to, really. Um, It's uh, it's something we'll never get used to. And I I just hope there's a way soon that we can get some fans back in. Other countries are doing it. I know there are arguments against it, but also I do think surely there's a way Mm. in the near future that we can manage to get, obviously not full houses, probably nothing near it for a long time yet, but we could still get enough fans in. And let's face it; you wouldn't need many fans in Scotland, inside a stadium, to actually make a right good noise. So, no. fingers crossed, it'll happen because we're all uh, we're all a bit fed up with it now. But, uh, but, but on that, as far as that's concerned, we've actually been lucky enough to be in the stadiums watching football, uh, and I can only imagine what it's been like for fans having no. <laughs> having to say, "Watch us."
1: Yeah, it impacts in your commentary at all? Really? Obviously, you see the commentary. Commentary talking about the fans that have maybe travelled and stuff, and then yeah, and do you also feel like privileged as well?
0: Yeah, definitely to be there watching, but it's just not the same. I mean, the players respond yeah. to fans, obviously, you know, and and but so do so do we when you're commentating you. Raise your voice in you know with the, the level of noise that's going on from the fans. I've actually had to have uh, in my headphones sort of fake crowd noise, which you can you can select on Sky, I think, yeah. if you want it, or because the, then they say you can have that or the natural sound from the stadium. But to me, the natural sound from the stadium at the moment is about as unnatural as it comes, where mm-hmm. you hear with all the coaches and the players and uh, a bit of swearing going on and this and yeah. that. Um, so I actually have a bit of crowd noise in my headphones just to try and pump up the voice a bit. Uh, some people prefer it that way some people don't it's an individual thing but ultimately the overall answer is to get uh, the fans back in eventually and as I say I just hope that you know it, it's hard to see why we can't do it uh, or maybe not at the moment with the way things are but hopefully yeah. in a month or two
1: mm. uh, So yeah obviously you have um, commentated in the biggest games and uh, the biggest competitions so who do you think has been the best player you've watched and also the best team you've watched as well? Um, I would
0: say uh in Scotland I think you'd have to say Henrik Larsson because uh, my yeah. time early time in Scotland commentating coincided with him that doesn't make me a Celtic fan anyone he was obviously just a uh, a one-off guy I, I uh, yeah. started commentating having said that after just after the loudrup and Gaza mm-hmm. time at Rangers and they if, if I'd got to do them they certainly would have been up there as well but Henrik Larson, seven years at Celtic and a fantastic player. He could have left for a bigger club at any time. I'm glad he went on and did what he did in the latter stages of his career at at the big clubs that he played for. But um, if I had to pick a team, I would probably say the Manchester United team that won the treble in 1999. I was lucky enough to commentate on a lot of their three o'clock Saturday games before coming up to do the Scottish games that season uh, because there weren't as many games then live on sky as there are now but uh, so I saw a fair bit of them and um, I watched uh, I think it was a season after they won the treble actually I was doing them against West Ham my team at Old Trafford Mm -hmm. West Ham took the lead went 1-0 up should have gone 2-0 up and uh, the response from the United team that day which was Keane, Skulls, Giggs um, uh, you know just uh, everyone you'd expect to be in the team was in it Skulls scored a hat-trick and with a cheeky backheel as well involved, Beckham scored a free kick from range, and that team then that just won the treble the season before, and they were just there was something else to watch, um, and of course, therefore, to commentate on because they just gave you loads of lines, and um, mm-hmm. just just really enjoyed enjoyed watching them, even though they pumped my team seven and one as yeah. it turned out on that particular day, but yeah, there was there was some watch.
1: Oh, yeah, we've just talked about. about teams before, but I um, just want to move on to a bit about this season. We've obviously talked about the fans, but um, is there any team you've watched this season or looking really exciting that you're liking watching play? It can be in Scotland or England or anything, really.
0: Yeah, in Scotland, uh, I like the look of Hibs. I mean, oh. last, last season, I liked the look of Motherwell when I had a rare Saturday off, which wasn't very often, to be fair, but yeah. I'd actually go along to third park because I really enjoy oh. watching them play. I know mm-hmm. they've had a bit of an iffy start, although picking yeah. up a bit now, but um yeah just enjoyed watching them play last season and this season to be fair they just yeah uh, you know, i think we all knew they were going to come good eventually and they yeah. have but yeah hibs have been uh, quite refreshing to watch this season i mean aberdeen i have you know, I've not seen much of them but they've been uh, terrific after what what happened early season there they've uh, they've been generally yeah. superb um, I just hope we get a title race in Scotland with Celtic and Rangers because I'm a neutral, so I can say that. And obviously, if it, it, the longer it goes on, the better, uh, especially for commentators. Um, in England, I've, I think Newcastle have, have done really well. Yeah. Um, and Aston Villa as well, because obviously I've covered them for so many years that I've got a bit yeah. of a soft spot for the West Midlands teams. And I think the difference with Aston Villa this year is they bought well. Last year, they didn't really... Um, they've got John McGinn there, of course, who's of course. Who the fans absolutely adore. Jack yeah. Grealish, some player they've held on to him, although he's Villa mad and so is his family. I mean, maybe one day he'll he'll go elsewhere, but uh, mm-hmm. these uh, these boys have started the season well, and uh, and I like the look of them, to be honest. And, and a word for Everton as well, who've been knocking goals in for fun and look great. I quite mm-hmm. like it as a West Ham fan, who's suffered for many years when you see the big teams having to of actually course. work for it a bit. And yeah. the, I'm not saying Everton aren't a big team, but you know the ones that you normally expect to be in the top four uh, aren't quite there yet. So yeah. the longer it goes on with Everton and Villa leading the way is, is fine by me.
1: Wow. Oh. And, uh, yes, yeah, so any games you're looking forward to this season that you're going to commentate on, do you think? Or any just games you're excited to watch this season?
0: Yeah, well, we've got the old firm uh, next yeah. week, um, which, again... It's going to be bizarre because of the circumstances. I mean, I still can't get my head around it. I know yeah. it's. I know I have to, but uh, you know, to watch Celtic and Rangers slugging it out in an empty stadium just mm. uh, doesn't really bear thinking about. And um, uh, yeah, sure, it's a fixture that comes with a lot of baggage. We all know that, but it, it's still a unique sporting fixture, and the, there's nothing quite like the atmosphere at an old firm match. Um, we've got uh, I think it's Aberdeen Celtic. I'm terrible at remembering the games. It's amazing. I actually turn up at the right places sometimes. I think Aberdeen Celtic is coming up soon, and that'll be a good one because of the way Aberdeen have uh, have certainly got their season going. And um, yeah, there's a, a few ones ahead. I mean, I've got uh, West Brom Burnley, and people will say that doesn't sound great, but to me, it does sound great. I go back to Motherwell Hibs, you never know what to expect from these mm-hmm. games. Um you Know and uh, every, every game to me is a bonus. I, li- I like to treat every game the same, um, but obviously, Celtic Rangers is going to be uh, really interesting to see how it pans out. Um, yeah, uh, and, and once again, I'm gonna have to say it's just a shame there'll be no fans there.
1: Uh huh, yep. Yeah, so, um, I've just got a couple more questions here and then we can just probably finish yeah, up. No worries, so, yeah, just say. It who do you think has been the three most influential people in like your commentary career or just your life really? Um, well uh, yeah if I stick to
0: uh, commentating I would uh, say the guy Peter Jones who was on Sport On two years ago was the the mm. first voice I heard that fantastic voice as well that got me mm. um, got me interested in commentary and then When I was growing up in England, I know Scotland had some great commentators and uh, great voices as well, as most Scottish voices are, to be fair. Um, uh, But obviously, I was uh, growing up in England, and Brian Moore was one that I really admired on ITV, and I was lucky enough to meet him at the 1994 World Cup when he was working with Ron Atkinson. and What a lovely, humble guy he was, and uh, just uh, really supportive, generally. Um, And, uh, yeah, there's been a few, I'm trying to think of a trying to think of others but um i was lucky enough that over the years I actually had quite a few scottish bosses funnily enough wherever i worked uh, even oh, down in england for starters so there's always been a, a strong scottish influence yeah um so yeah uh yeah there has been a few over the years but I, people say you know did you do you base yourself on someone and you think well you you try to when you're commentating you try to you try to be yourself always people often ask for a bit of advice and always say the same thing just be yourself and yeah. do what you want to do it'd be right boring if we all sounded the same as commentators but as Barry Davis who was another good guy that I was uh, fortunate to, enough to work alongside on a few mm. television gantries in England once said uh, one man's commentator is another man's pain in the ass so you know yeah huh. and that's so true there are some guys you, it's the same with us there are some guys you like mm. and there are some guys you can't listen to um, uh, I, I don't like listening to myself back much, but uh, <laughs> it's a funny old uh, it's a funny old business and a funny old game, as they say.
1: Yeah. Uh, is there one thing you wish you knew at the start of your commentary career that you now know?
0: Um, yeah, uh, I think uh, the best advice I was given by my boss at Sky was "less is more" because mm-hmm. when you do radio and you then go into television or do a bit of both. Mm-hmm. Radio, it's so different because radio you have to A, speak all the time, whereas on television you don't have to. I probably still talk too much on, on television, should have got to grips yeah. with it by now. But yeah, sometimes uh, I find that, uh, and back then when I started early on doing the, uh, the Scottish, the SPL, I did find myself talking far too much because you end up you end up describing things that you don't need to describe because people yeah. can see it obviously, whereas on radio you were so used to doing that because you were painting the uh, pictures. But uh, I always say you live and learn. And I, I used to watch games back in the early part of my career just to see where I was going wrong, basically. Because uh, mm. there were a few things that you say and that and you just think, oh, God, why did I say that? And and you, even to this day, you, you live and learn. And there are things that you could do you could do better. The way I look at it is, it's 90 minutes about living. You don't know what's coming yeah. next. Um, so you've got to be ready for everything. Um, there was a time where I used to think about what line I would use when a goal went in. But uh, I went down that road for a while, but then the goal goes in and it's never it was nothing like you thought it was going to be, so you can't really use what you're yeah. going to say. So yeah. try and make it a bit more spontaneous. Although at the same time, for example, when it was 2-2 in the 2016 Scottish Cup final, I did start thinking, blimey, what, ha- what if Hibbs actually do this and actually win the Scottish Cup at mm. long last? So whilst the game was going on, there's a few thoughts worrying about in your in your head. But yeah generally you learn to you know to you learn quite a lot and you never stop learning when you're commentating because yeah. it's such a unique job um, um we're all been very privileged to have done it.
1: Yeah what do you think makes a good commentator? Sorry.
0: Well um it's a hard one because everyone's different isn't it? I like the fact that everyone's hmm. different. I, I know loads of colleagues and uh you know, if as I say, if we all sounded the same or did it the same way, I mean sometimes I'll get I get a bit overexcited.
1: Uh-huh.
0: You know, um start screaming and squealing and all that. That's just the nature of it because uh, I'm enjoying yeah. what I'm doing and I love it when a goal's scored. And some people are a bit more reserved, and I think there's room for many different types. There's there's many more commentators now for starters. There was only a few when I was growing up. Um, but now there's loads of us. And yeah. uh it's good to be uh it's good to be different um so yeah i think we there's a place for us all at the moment there's so many games on <laughs> um but yeah. yeah i've uh you know i don't know i don't know whether you have a whether you can develop a certain style or what i mean when i was working at capital yeah. radio the we were generally screaming a lot because it kind of i think it works better on radio than it does on television i don't really oh. know why but when you're having a right good scream on the radio and it's all part of it it did seem to work, that sort of style of commentary. I do think yeah. on television you have to be a slightly more reserved. I've never quite figured out why, but um, yeah, you have to be a bit, uh, bit calmer. Mm. But like I say, I probably still talk too much. And, uh, but, you know, we'll, uh, <laughs> might get the hang of it one day.
1: <laughs> yeah, so um, I've just got two more light-hearted ones and then just one more to finish up on. Yeah, So um, far away. Yeah. What's your favourite meal deal? <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh i absolutely uh if i'm doing a sandwich it'll be <laughs> yeah. like mayo if i'm doing anything else it'll be chili con carne because i absolutely oh, love really? a chili and rice is my favorite with a bit of garlic bread of yeah course. yeah it's uh it's got to be done i'm afraid
1: <laughs> uh do you have like a drink with it and uh a side as well like a packet of crisps
0: uh yeah i'd have a definitely cheese and onion crisps Nice. Uh, it used to be a lot of diet coke, but I've gone off that a bit, and it's the old fizzy oh. oranges now. And if I'm uh, if I'm doing a hot meal deal, it'd probably be a glass of red wine. To be fair,
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, another one here, M. Um, what's your favourite bit of Scottish paddle?
0: Uh, oh crikey! Well, there's so many, isn't there? Uh, that's hard to uh, that's hard to answer. Actually, I find myself saying I a lot and using a lot of Scottish words. Probably some of which I can't actually mention on here. Yeah, but, of course. Uh, now nah, I love the banter of the uh, Scottish people and uh, and the humour as well. Um, as I say, I've I've been lucky enough over the years to uh, to work with quite a few Scots, and they are you know genuinely genuinely funny people. <laughs> and uh, I can't I can't think of any one bit because there's yeah. actually so much. But I just enjoy the humour and the banter and the passion of it all, uh, of not just football, but kind of yeah. everyday life here.
1: Yeah, that's uh, right. Yeah, just got one more here to finish up on. Um, what advice would you give somebody who wants to get into commentary, a bit like yourself?
0: Yeah, I would say, uh, well, like I say, in Scotland, the Scottish voice to me is always very strong with mm-hmm. whoever. So, um make sure you have a good voice obviously which in scotland is kind of comes naturally yeah. um have a knowledge of the game get as much experience as you can anywhere and every little helps i did hospital radio when i first started out right. in london at uh, mm. moorfields eye hospital and honestly learned everything that i possibly could and mm. it taught me the basics of broadcasting as well yeah. um and you know try and get involved here and there i mean people laugh when you say uh but I suggest trying to get into a radio station or a TV company and just make the tea. Um, yeah. I, I've met, I've worked with many people over the years who started that way, either in hospital radio or making the teas, and got on. It may, it's probably a bit harder now because there aren't as many radio stations around. Unfortunately, yeah. a lot of the local stations aren't really local anymore, and you know it's a little bit harder to get in in that respect. And probably not as many hospital radio stations either. But uh, do as much as you can. Um, every little helps to put on a CV. Uh, try and get as much experience, and then if it happens, then just uh, be yourself and uh, mm-hmm. d- and ask for advice. I, you know, a lot of people do it. Uh, and they might not listen to it. It might not be that great advice. I don't know, but yeah, it's uh, it's so rewarding. And we are people say you don't realize how lucky you are to to be commentating on football all the time, getting mm-hmm. into stadiums and etc. But we do. We do actually know how lucky we are, um, and it's yeah. uh, it's a great job to have.
1: Yeah, are you happy happy to end it there, yeah? The real deal question threw me there a bit. (laughs) It's a good one. So, yeah, just a massive thanks for coming on, Ian. It's a pleasure talking to you. uh,
0: No, not a problem, mate, not a problem.
1: Yeah, here's hoping that Scotland qualify next one, that would be massive.
0: Yeah, so is well dug out Motherwell for you then? Yeah. It is, yeah, I thought it would be. Yeah, just double-checking. I thought I'd get a bit of Motherwell in for
1: you. Right, thank you, cheers, mate. Yeah, no worries.